This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Matt Bolin and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Last week, I got an opportunity to share. And I started in John 14. And I started with John 13. I kind of talked about it and I went to John 14. And I don't think I had the opportunity to share why God had me walk through these verses for you. And one of the reasons that God shared this idea and this understanding was years ago, when I first started serving God, God put it on my heart that I needed to really read what Jesus taught his disciples. I was like, well, hey, that makes a lot of sense. Because if I'm going to follow what Jesus taught his disciples, then I'm probably going to do pretty decently well in this walk with God. And I remember when I was reading along, I got to John chapter 14. And if you notice John 14, John 15, and John 16, if you have a red-lettered Bible, 99% of all that chapter, of all those chapters are red, which means these are specific words. If you're reading John 13, that's where Jesus spoke to Peter and said that you will deny me three times. Jesus said, or Peter said, I wouldn't do that to you. I will not do that to you. But yet he came back and he said, no, you will do that. And then he turned into John 14, which we talked about last week. And I don't want to cover too much because of time. But if you didn't, if you weren't here last week, you can listen to the podcast from last week. But I encourage you, read John 14. Don't just read over it like you're reading a novel. Read it and get it. Dig into it. Understand what he's talking about here. Because what he's doing is he's sharing it with you and I how we get to have an incredible walk with God. It's a choice that we make. And so we're going to pick up in John 15. We're going to start in verse 1. John 15, verse 1 says this. It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that, does, that bears no fruit, while every branch that, that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be clean because of the word of God. It, it will be it will be even more fruitful. I'm sorry. Verse three says, you are ready. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Verse four, and this is the key, remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So if you're taking notes tonight, the title of this is Jesus is the way part two. But the number one point I want to start out here was this is that God has to be our source. What was the first verse right there? I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. I am the true vine, which means that you can't produce fruit unless you're connected to the vine. Now, as I walked through this process, and and God was helping me with this, it changed the way that I saw God. And I remember years ago, and I've shared this, and so I'll, I'll share it very quickly. I've shared it before, but a few years ago, I was... We were living in a different city at this time. We were living in Albuquerque. And I remember Shelly, Pastor Shelly, had come up to visit us. And she was there. And we had these really nice flowers that were sitting out front. And I was pretty proud because I hadn't killed them yet. And so I was like, hey, they look really good. You know, I put some water on them. Apparently they grow. So I tried it again and again, and it worked. So I kept watering these things, and everything was looking good. But, you know, it was getting towards the fall time. It's getting ready. to These things are going to die. And she comes up, and she says, if you'll cut those flowers off, It'll produce more things. It'll produce more flowers. In the back of my mind, I'm going, that's the dumbest statement I've ever heard in my life. I need to repent for that because that was the greatest statement I've ever heard in my life. That day, I finally, after convincing myself that I'm just going to prove her wrong, you know how son-in-laws do things, and uh, I said, 
okay, I'll go cut it off. It looked bad anyways, so I'm gonna go cut it off. Do you know within a week, it produced more flowers than had ever been produced there before? But you know what hurt? Is that day that you had to get that stuff pruned. I'm sure if I was that flower, I wouldn't like what was going on, but I realized this, the more that I cut those off, the more it gives room for better fruit to grow. And it's the same thing here, that when we're connected to the vine, if God cuts some relationship off in your life, don't question him on it. Say, God, if you're closing that door, that means you have a better door open for me. Because you said that you would only prune things in order to make more fruit, better fruit, greater fruit. And you say, I'll receive that, I'll take that, but you have to realize what it comes back down here. So let's get to verse five, because this, these scriptures right here really helped me to walk this process out. Verse five says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, man or woman, remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now that, that statement right there should identify a lot of us. Basically, it's very simple. If you're with God, you can produce incredible events. Think about this. When I was, when I was a kid, you know, in, in school, you would grow those little plants in the styrofoam cups. I had a friend of mine who didn't believe that it would actually grow. So what did he keep doing? He'd dig up the seed to see if it was growing yet. Then he'd put it back in there. As time came along, I didn't touch mine. I just kept watching. I let him do it and watched him. It was like, oh, it's not growing yet. It's not growing yet. It's not growing yet. And I kept watching. It did never grow. So we have all these cups set up, and my plant's this big, and his is still in the cup because he kept pulling that out, taking it away from its source, taking it away from its nutrients, which means it never grew. So a lot of times we go through life, and we are not connected to God. If we're not connected to the vine, we can't produce the fruit that God has created for us to produce. And it's a choice that we make here that says, if you will simply remain in me, another word to understand there is dwell in me. You hear about the spirit of the Lord dwelt in that tent or in the Old Testament, it it dwelt in the tabernacle, it it dealt, it, it was living there forever. And that's what it comes back down to. You have to make the decision to dwell in God. Verse six says, if anyone does not remain in me, He is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you. Now that's a statement right there. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, which means that this cannot just look good on the shelf. This has to look like this where it's fallen apart and there's things coming out because it's been used. This is a Bible that was used. I remember Kenneth Hagin used to say this statement. He said, if you've got a Bible that's really nice that you don't want to write in, throw it in the trash and go get one that you're going to write in because it's doing you no good. You've got to put this word into action because this is what it comes down to. And this should motivate all of us. If anyone does not remain in me, I'm sorry, verse 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. That's exactly what we did tonight. The cares that you threw up to God that you cast to God the healing that you needed, it said, if my word will remain in you, then you can receive that. You can have all, whatever you wish, whatever you wish for, whatever you ask, because God's word is true. Verse eight, this is my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So God is not sitting there saying, I don't want to bless you. He's saying, I want to bless you with the right fruit. 
Why do I want to do that? So that I can show you how incredible your life can be. It's about a choice that we make. I love the statement that he says he will bear much fruit. There's no question. If you could stay connected to the vine, you may lose some limbs, but that means more limbs are coming, which means more fruit's coming. But we have to stay connected to God. We have to stay in the spot that helps us to grow. If we don't stay there, if we take things and we keep pulling it out of the dirt and going and replanting ourselves elsewhere, listen, you got to do what God asks you to do. When you do that, you remain in God and you trust God. All of a sudden, amazing things start to happen here. Now, I want you to understand this because this weekend, I saw some, and when I say visions, what I'm saying is I see some of the things that God does in this world, which I'm extremely blessed to be able to do that. And God has taught me over the years how to use those gifts to be able to see some things. Now, I don't see things on people very often. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Most of the time, I don't, I should. But one of the things I saw this weekend, and God showed me, is that at the altar, there was this huge mirror that was just sitting here. And it was just this big mirror. And in fact, even on Sunday morning, it was right there, sitting in the altar. And I remember asking God, because I always ask God, what, what am I seeing? What is this? And he said, this is a mirror. And he said, because a lot of times when people look in the mirror, what do they see? They see themselves. And a lot of times when you look at yourself, you may see a scar. And when you see that scar, what does your mind automatically do? Go back to when you got that scar. So you see all the things you did in the past. You don't see, oh, that scar's gone. I am a new person. I don't see that anymore. We, see, we look in the mirror and we see everything that was of the past. When you get up in the morning, you look in the mirror, what's the first thing you see? Your hair looks amazing, right? Right? Just like it's going to look later on today. And Yeah, everybody's just like me. So it's exactly what God's trying to get across there, is that that is not what we see. We don't see the future. We see the past. We see the remnants of the past. And that's what God's trying to get across is that a lot of people that came to the altar, a lot of the men that came to the altar, they were looking at themselves in the past. This is who I used to be. This is what I used to do. But God had this man that was standing right by the side. And the, 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 the mirror was right here, and he was, he was kind of dressed in our clothes, but he was looked like an angel and he was standing there. And as the men were coming, man, he was excited and he was just pumped up and ready to go and excited. And he was, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're coming. And literally was just wanting to run out and hug men. And I remember saying, what is this? And he said, this is much like the story of the prodigal son. That the prodigal son was the one that took the money and he went away and he spent all his money, wasted his money on everything else. And then he said, at one point he got so low that he said, even my Dad's servants have a better life than I do. I'll go back and become a servant. Now, when we read the rest of the story, it says that he came back and his father saw him off in a far distance and he ran and hugged him and was so excited that he was back. But God took me not from his perspective, not from the father's, but he took me to the, the young man's perspective. And he said, while he's hugging him, what do you think is going through his mind? I know it would be going through my mind how awful I am, what a terrible person I am, all the dumb mistakes I've ever made. And God said a lot of men at the men of iron will be dealing with that the rest of their lives because they have two options right here. When you go to the altar, you can look in the mirror and always remember what you've done in the past. Or you can do the second thing and look to the father who is so excited 
And he is ready to erase your past and bring you into the future as you get connected to the vine that you'll be forever changed. Jeremiah 29, 11 says that I have great plans for you. Plans to not harm you, but to help you, to give you a great and mighty future. That's who the father is. The mirror always points to the past. And what God wants us to do is get our eyes off the mirror, get our eyes on God, and watch him take you to places you've never been before. You know, I love this. One of the statements that, that kind of rose up in me was that you have to say this when your past gets brought up. You, you have to admit it. And you say, you know what? I know I was dumb, but thank the Lord that's not where I am anymore. That's not where I'm going either. Joyce Meyer always says this. She says this statement. She says, I'm not where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. We have to start making that statement. I'm not where I want to be. I'm not to that point yet, but thank the Lord I'm not where I used to be. I'm moving forward and I'm moving to the glory. I'm moving to God's best. I'm moving to the greatest. I'm moving ahead. I'm moving to what God has for me. But it's a choice that we make. And that's what it keeps coming back down to. Let's continue in here. John, 9, or John 15, 9 says, This is the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. Do you realize how many times it says remain in this area? That would be one of the greatest things that you could do is go through this area and mark down every time it says you and it says remain, it says connected, any of those areas in there, and look how many times God continually says remain, 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 stay connected, be a part of me. Verse 10, if you love, if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands. The second point here is this. We must remain in his love throughout our obedience. We must remain in, our love, in his love throughout our obedience. And what that means is this, is that when you are connected to the vine, it doesn't mean you're perfect. Never once did God ever say, listen, you've got to be perfect. We think we must be perfect for God. But God never said that because he realizes that's not going to happen. That's why he says in Proverbs 24, verse 16, it says, a righteous man falls seven times yet gets up eight. That's how you stay connected to the vine. He's not asking you to be perfect. He knows you're going to stumble. When I was coming up the stairs, I caught my back leg and I kind of stumbled. I don't know if anybody saw it. Hopefully nobody did. But I'm going to, oh, Philip did. He was right in front of him. I think he was laughing while he was drumming. But I tripped right there. And I'm kind of coming up and doing these things. And I tried to make it smooth and get up there really quick. But I think about those things, how many times that we trip in life. But God didn't say, you're never going to trip. He said, just stay connected to me. Because when you fall, my hand will be there, just like he was when Peter fell in the water. He walked on water, did a supernatural thing, was following God, doing everything else. And what happened? He got connected to everything else instead of God. Fell, started to drown, and he cried out for Jesus with a hand lifted high. And Jesus knelt down picked him up and said, oh, ye of little faith, you can do this. That's what he was saying. You can do this. You can do greater things than you possibly think. We're going to skip a few verses for time's sake. Verse 14 says that you are my friend. You are my friends if you do my commands. I am no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned from my father and I have made known to you. Now, I want you to understand this statement. What Jesus is saying right there is this, is that when I was at the Men of Iron, I, I have worked at three of the different churches. This church, I worked in Clovis for a time and I worked in Albuquerque for a time. Those three churches were three of the biggest churches 
that were down at the men of iron, the most men. And so when I go around and I'm seeing people, I'd go see Paul and Paul's there and we'd give a hug. And then I'd see Rick and we'd give a hug. And I'd see Raul and run the other way. And I'd see some of the other ones and, and just go do those different things. But you know, throughout the whole time, I'm giving hugs to guys from Clovis that I've known forever and guys from Albuquerque that I've known forever and guys from Lubbock that I see all the time. And it's just so much fun. And But I realized this, I didn't go up to the maintenance guys and be like, hey, I'm so glad I missed you because I don't know him. I have no relationship with him. But it's the same thing with God is that we are not the, we're not the maintenance guys that don't know what's going on. We're just there to work. We are God's friends, which means that we get to walk around. We get to hug God. We get to hang out with God. We get to be with God and everything. And he doesn't sit there and say, uh, who are you again? Man, you come in and you're like, hey, I'm so glad to see you. I know it's once a year we see you, but that's okay. We're going to see. That's the way the guys treat me. When I, go to, when I go from Albuquerque or any of those places, they all just come and give me hugs because they're so happy. They're excited. It's the same thing with God. When you come into his courts, he's just excited. You came. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so blessed that you've come to be a part of what's going on here. And so as we continue right here, I'm getting to the point. Verse 16 says this, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Listen, that first statement right there, he chose us before we chose him because God, God's the best team captain you can ever have. And he chose you, which means that God doesn't just choose anybody. He chooses the best. His team is the best because guess what? When you read the end of this, you find out we win. I like being on the winning team. I don't like to lose. I like to fight to win. And that's the way God is. He said, I chose you on my team. I choose you before you ever chose me. And so when we see ourselves different, we're not looking in the mirror anymore. We're looking at the Father God and we're saying, God, I want to be on your team. And God, I don't want to remember my past. I know I've struck out. I know I've failed. I know I've done all this, but God, I'm over here. And which means that I've got a great future, which means that my past is forgiven and I've got a bigger future than my past was. And I thank you that the devil may tell me my past is big, but you know what? My future outweighs my past by every bit every bit. And it's a choice that we make. We've got to have passion. We've got to stay connected to the vine, which means that we cannot deal with some of the stuff and just say, well, God, I I think I can handle this. The Bible says, cast your cares upon me for I care for you much. It's like my kids, when they've got a knot in their shoes, they know they're going to come bring it to me and I'm going to sit there and work on it. You know what they're doing? They're not sitting there going, oh, dad, I'm so sorry. They're like, here, dad, run off and go play again. They don't care. Their cares aren't hurt. Their feelings aren't hurt. They're sitting there going, okay. You said, yeah, here, you got it. I'm off. Go do something else. And that's the way that God wants us to do. I'm going to briefly describe this next part um, for time's sake because we're we're cutting it close right here. But it says in verse 18, the top of my, the title of that area says, the world hates the disciples. The world hates the disciples. And so as you start in verse 18, he says, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, then you, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. So it continues to go on there and say that you're going to deal with things in this life. That the world is going to make you feel bad. They're going to pressure you. They're going to do some different things. But Jesus is saying, listen, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. So when it happens, instead of getting caught up in the moment, realize, oh, that's right. My father told me this would happen. So what do I do? I'm just going to lift it up to you, God. 
But then he goes on and he, te- he teaches us and he gets to a point. He says, let's skip all the way down to verse 26. It says, when the counselor comes, whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And verse 27 says, and you also must testify for you have been given... You have been with me from the beginning. And this is what he's talking about is this, is that the Holy Spirit is the one that will help you during that time. You know, the Bible describes the Holy Spirit in five different categories, and I'm sure so many more, but the five main ones I know are this. Strengthener, advocate, advocator, he's a counselor, he's an intercessor, and he's a standby. He's a strengthener. When you're weak, he's strong. He makes you strong. When you don't have the words to say, he gives you the strength for the words to say. He's an intercessor. He prays on your behalf for things that you don't know you're praying for. The third one, he's the counselor. How many times do we need a counselor? Too many times we pick up the phone and we're trying to find a counselor instead of going to God who is the greatest counselor. He's the counselor. He's the advocate, which means that when you get beat up, he lifts you back up. He's the encourager. He lifts you up and gives you exactly what you need. And he's the standby. Do you know what standby? It means he's always there with you. He's always with you. He's just waiting to spend time with you. He's just waiting. And it's an opportunity that we have. And so as we understand this, if you're taking notes, number three is this. The Holy Spirit helps us stay connected to the vine. The Holy Spirit helps us to stay connected to the vine. Chapter 16, verse 1, it says, All this I have told you so that you would not go astray. What he's telling you is if you don't apply what I've just taught you, then you have the possibilities of failing, of going astray, which means we go back to what it said earlier, that if you're a vine, if you're a branch that doesn't produce fruit, you get thrown out. You can't produce fruit if you're not connected to the vine. If you're not connected to the vine, that means you're, you're not in with God. You're not in that area. And that's why he says this, all this I have told you, so you will not go astray. Verse two says, they will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, a time is coming when anyone who, kill, who kills you will think he is doing, offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have, not, they have not known the Father or me. I have told you this so that when the time comes, understand that. Now, you may not be being putting to death this week, but they may kill your spirit. They may kill your joy. They may kill your dreams. That's where God's coming back and saying this. I've told you this so that when the time comes, you will remember that I warned you. I did not tell you this at first because I was with you, meaning God was protecting them. But now we're out on our own. We're doing these things. We're making the choices. We're walking this out. Verses 5 through 22 talk about the work of the Holy Spirit, meaning that if you're not connected through the Holy Spirit, that if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, then it's going to be very easy to get caught up It's going to be very easy to walk astray. It's very easy to try to walk this line and fail, fall short. But the Holy Spirit is the one that gives you the strength, the advocator, the strengthener, the counselor, everything that we need. That is exactly what God is getting at here. And skipping down to verse 23, it says, In that day you will no longer ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. My Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. When you apply all these things, when you apply what God has taught you. He's saying this, that whenever you ask in my name, I'll give you. I'll bless you with it. I'll give you that job you've been praying for. I'll give you that raise that you've been waiting for. I'll give you those things. But if you'll stay connected to me, there's no limit to God's greatness. 
to God's mercy, to God's grace. And this is where we continue to come. Verse 24, until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive. And that final part, that final part, and your joy will be complete. That's exactly what God is wanting to do. He's wanting to bring joy into our lives. You know, I always think about that, the songs that bring joy. It always takes me to Christmas. Joy to the world. You know, I always sing this song. I'm singing this song in the middle of spring, and I'm going, I got to stop that. I can't start them now. I got to wait till at least September. So I got to wait and hold off on those things. But you know this, is that God is telling you this. Those desires that are in your heart, they weren't there by chance. God placed them there. God put them into your heart. And that's what it comes back down to. Psalms 37.5 says, I give you, I put those desires in your heart. I will give you the desires of your heart. That's what God says. Psalms 37.5, stand upon that, that your joy may be complete. Skip down to the last part that I want to cover right here. Verse 33, because Jesus understands that we're going to deal with a lot of stuff in our lives. Verse 33 says this, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. When you stay remain, when you stay in line, when you stay connected to the vine, listen, there's nothing in this world that can pull you away from the love of God. Nothing can take you away from the love of God. If we will keep focused and keep connected to the vine, your peace will come in the midst of a storm. I always think about the tornadoes, and in the middle of it, it's that peaceful area. You know what? In every storm, there's peace to be found. If we'll keep our eyes focused and connected to the vine, God will do incredible things. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.